that is the, every time I watch that movie, the animated movie, um, I get <laughs> you got to specify. I do. Gotta, How yeah. about that? I have yeah. to specify. Well, that's the world we're living in. <laughs> <laughs> we are living. We must be living in another Disney Renaissance because we're getting all the same movies again. That's for darn sure. <laughs> I wish you could, man. That brought this podcast to a screeching halt. Yeah. All this food just completely <laughs> tanked. All right, welcome back to the uh, Why Do I Talk to You podcast. Uh, this is Saul Starsheep talking to you over here. Uh, this is Dave Gamer Dave talking to you over here. Uh, before we start, um, first of all, if you are so far our most loyal listener, which would be you've listened to two episodes, including this one, uh, you probably will notice a um, a fairly dramatic market shift. <laughs> a fairly dramatic uh upswing in our uh, recording quality um we can just blame that on me because i guess all the technical stuff is is on my shoulders now i don't know nothing good for you yep. and uh <laughs> I used to not know anything apparently that's what i'm learning so basically i mean without getting too boring into it i made a decision and it was a bad one um didn't didn't make for a horrible episode but it you know uh, if you've actually heard the first one, you probably know what I'm talking about. If yep. not, then go go there and get us some views because we are desperate. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, here we are now. Um, we are on a, a new, not a new, but on a better method of recording us. And hopefully this will not die on me as it did just a couple of minutes before we started recording. So we're just going to treat this as if it's like a you know, a live bomb that you can't like spit at or like sneeze at because it's just going to go off. And so, yeah, I'm yeah. just, I'm just going to be over here and Dave, you'll be over there. Yep. And then in everything, we're not going to lose this. Nope. We're not going to lose this. Nope. We're going to be fine. Cause we have no backup. Yeah, that's true. If we lose it, it'll just be another special feature on the DVD. On the DVD. <laughs> on the DVD. On the DVD. On the DVD. Okay. Not the Blu-ray. No, not the, not the digital what are, release. What are we? How <laughs> much? We're not Rockefellers. <laughs> we don't make no DVD. Okay. 100%. All right. So, um, great DVDs. So full. Speaking dis- of DVDs. So full. So full. <laughs> So full disclosure, um, we were going back and forth a lot on uh, on what we were going to bring forth on the second episode. Um, our first episode was, you know, mostly mostly focused on on video games, specifically uh, the upcoming re release of the Generation Two Pokemon games. Um, that's something that's like pretty, you know, near and dear to our hearts, and we wanted to talk about it because it's our dang podcast. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so uh, we're not just about video games. You know, we're losers in other areas too. Um, meaning, uh, like yeah. <laughs> uh, specifically movies, and even more specifically Disney movies of all shapes and sizes. Um, so we were going back and forth on what we should talk about. We were thinking about maybe Pixar movies, but that's. A really broad sort of area right there too and you know then we were going to do like a top 10 and maybe we will do one in the future but you know that might have gotten really messy as far as two people talking about their top 10s and maybe fighting about them and whatnot or maybe we weren't going to fight at all because we happen to really like a good majority of the pixar movies um so we then thought about the uh, Disney movies, uh, and specifically more recent Disney movies, and even more specifically than that, the Disney Renaissance, and if we happen to be in another Disney Renaissance. Now, for those of you who don't really know what I'm talking about, the Disney Renaissance is usually referred to the movies from about The Little Mermaid and arguably up to about Tarzan. That's what I have always heard, that it's sort of, that Tarzan was the bookend. Mm-hmm. Tarzan <laughs> pretty much killed the the. the the Disney Renaissance. It's not a bad movie. It's <sighs> just it was just very different from everything that had been before it. Yeah, I'd watch Tarzan right now. I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch Tarzan. It's fun. Okay, you can do that. I'll be I'll be over there. Do you really not like it? That's interesting. I don't really like it. Oh, okay, well that's not the point of this the podcast. Well, not yet. Maybe some other. Time. Not yet, at least. Um, so then, uh, now that Disney movies have sort of taken back 
um, or, or taking a shift back to uh, princess movies and fairy tale movies and whatnot. I think, um, yeah, I want to sort of jump in there because I think the biggest shift back, and you can argue with me a little bit, but I think the biggest shift back was a shift back to sort of Broadway style musicals because after Tarzan took sort of a step as you sort of transition to the Lion King in the um, in the Disney Renaissance, it kind of got a little bit more poppy, which isn't to say there was anything wrong with the the music of the Lion King, but it went in a direction that was much more, these are sort of the um, these are artists who are known for stuff that isn't just like Broadway or that's style, and that sort of culminated in what we got in Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Um and then you sort of strayed away from musicals for quite a while. Uh, you had, we had Home on the Range, that had music <laughs> in it supposedly. I didn't get past the intro scene, so I can only go off what I've been told. Well, let's talk about first about you know because you mentioned the Broadway stuff, and that is a a gigantic um, reason as to as to why the Disney Renaissance movies flourished. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until then, we had movies. You know, we had tons of movies with songs in them uh, since the beginning. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves had songs in them. Yeah. Um, and I'd say most Disney movies always had some sort of song sequence in them, even if they weren't strictly musicals. Um, did Great Mouse Detective have songs in them? I don't. It had it had at least one, and it's the only one I could think of off the top of my head, which is Radigan, which is fantastic. The villain song, right? Yeah, the villain song. Yeah. Um, but I actually don't remember any other ones in that movie now that I'm well because a lot of, yeah because then a lot of times in like the 70s and like even the 80s like m- songs and movies were a little more um obligatory than like a work of art you know what I mean mm-hmm. um the 1989 uh, Little Mermaid that's when a, a dramatic shift happened when they specifically hired Alan Menken yeah uh, who at the time I think was most known for Little Shop of Little Shop of Horrors I think he had just done that or was like in the process of or had done other things before then and they were like this guy is Broadway through and through let's get him to write our songs and to do the music and that was that was huge you know the movie itself was written and shot and directed and you know performed you know on a, on a musical standpoint to be just like a broadway show mm-hmm. if you think about it um well let me move forward a little bit here little mermaid does that very well too but i can't think of a better example than beauty and the beast um there's the there's the prelude where we you know hear the beast story and whatnot and then the first song happens bell that is that every time i watch that movie the animated movie um i get <laughs> you gotta specify it i now. do gotta, how yeah. about that i have yeah. to specify well, that's the world we're living in <laughs> <laughs> we are living we must be living in another disney renaissance because we're getting all the same movies again that's for darn sure <laughs> Thanks. I wish you could, man. That brought this podcast to a screeching halt. Yeah. All of its food just completely <laughs> tanked. So you can tell where he stands on this. But uh, oh boy, oops. <laughs> I guess uh, you know what? No, never mind. That's tangential. Yeah, that's Let's move on. Anyways, anyway, uh, Bell introduces you know the character of Bell, obviously, but like the way that the song is structured, the way that all the characters are interacting with each other, the little bits and pieces of the townspeople kind of like interjecting in their part in the song and whatnot it just it sounds like broadway it sounds exactly like broadway how broadway shows open uh, how if beauty and the beast wasn't a show already on or if beauty and the beast wasn't a movie and it was going straight to the stage that's exactly how it still would open yeah. you know mm-hmm. so um and you were mentioning before like you know other movies like lion king kind of took it in a slightly different direction but still had songs that have as a very um, a very central portion of of the movie itself. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Lion King still follows that format excellently. If I'm not mistaken, that was the first one to actually go on to Broadway, right? That was the first Disney animated to actually. I can't verify that. I want to say that Beauty, since Beauty and the Beast was before Lion King, that maybe it went there first, mm-hmm. but I, I can't verify that. I yeah. do know that Lion King probably has more attraction on Broadway than Beauty and the Beast does. It seemed though. like it, but yeah. um, in any case, more what I was going for was the style. Like, it wasn't Mencken anymore. They were going out and getting name guys who were known for other sort of pop music stuff to write their stuff. And you know, it worked, but it was just it was just sort of a, a direction that sort of led them to what Tarzan wound up being with... Yeah. yeah, and I do think a lot of that, I mean, just as a side note on Lion King, a lot of that has to do with direction. Because the same musical team also returned for the road to El Dorado. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Well, you know, they can't all be gifs, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, and then we move on, you know, from Lion King. Then there's, like, Pocahontas. And by this time, Disney and Mencken and um, I think Stephen Schwartz is now the, the lyric writer because uh, Howard Ashman passed away after... Um, passed away after writing Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Stephen Schwartz kind of became, you know, paired up with Alan Menken a lot. And uh, Pocahontas, you know, without talking so much about the movie, because I know that can be a sort of a tepid response, the music was still a central part of it. The music was fantastic in that movie. But like, when whatever I th- you say about the movie, like, that, yeah. the music was excellent. Uh-huh. Um, we move on to uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is an absolute Same masterpiece. Thing. Yeah. Absolute masterpiece. Um, uh well, maybe you should clarify a little bit because we've discussed this a little bit off air. Where you you've talked about how you think the movie has problems, but in terms of the music, I, it's an absolute masterpiece. Um, so, are you saying? Are, I just want to clarify a little bit. Are you saying the movie as a whole, or are we talking just the music? Well, I guess if I'm talking about the movie as a whole, there are issues, but I have like literally no issues with the music. Yeah. Um. So I guess if I were to say the whole story, you know, the whole the whole package, I guess mm-hmm. probably not a masterpiece, but. <laughs> The music on its own is an absolute masterpiece. Mm-hmm. The songs are the the songs are just I, they're fantastic. It's hard to say. Like, what can you say about them? Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah. There's no way that we're gonna fight about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then we move on to like Mulan, uh, which is also good. Uh, again, kind of Hercules came before Mulan. The, oh, that's right. Note. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And there isn't Hercules is another one of those movies that sort of gets forgotten, and we can yeah. kind of come back to that to these movies that are sort of like they're good, but they don't they don't quite elicit the same response. I love Hercules. Uh, yeah. I think it's a really fun movie, and I think the music is still really good. I'm just not sure if it fit what they were going for in the movie as a whole. But anyway, yeah, well, you get Hercules and Mulan. Well, I guess they, with Hercules, they were trying to they were trying to set a different tone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because they had like the gospel feel around the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Mulan. Um, Mulan. I think you could argue that Mulan is a little bit more, uh, a little bit closer to um, uh, Broadway stylings again. You know. Um, uh, and still, I mean, like Mulan has fantastic songs in it. Hercules has fantastic songs in it too. I wouldn't say that I love every single song from there, but it has good songs. I wouldn't shake my tail at it. Uh, Her- Hunchback, everything is perfect. Pocahontas, there might be a couple of songs I'm like not okay with. Um, Lion King, Aladdin, th- these are all just great things. Okay, then we arrive to Tarzan. Okay, 1999. Now. Um, th- the soundtrack to, to Tarzan, the songs, not the whole soundtrack itself. The soundtrack was written by uh, Phil Collins. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure was. Sure was. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Now, which like, now here's the thing. Poppy. There's only a few. There's maybe only one song in all of Tarzan that's sung by the characters. Yes. The rest that of was them, a drastic shift. Yes. The rest of them are sung by Phil Collins himself. Now, yeah. side notes. Toy Story. When Toy Story came out in two thousand, uh, sorry, nineteen ninety four, that um, Disney told them that they need to have songs in them. Uh, uh, John Lasseter was like, I, just, I, I don't really think it's gonna fit. Uh, <laughs> no, uh. I don't really think it's gonna fit. And they're all like, Well, we're bankrolling this, so you're doing what we say. Dude, so like, to oh, sort of compromise, John Lasseter brought in good old randy <laughs> newman, newman. To, to sing to sing songs in there instead to sort of have the pop music aspect in there and whatnot and that worked perfectly so uh, i might disagree a little bit okay okay i mean do you really do you really think about that scene like i never think about that song when he's playing with uh buzz all the time and like when he's getting all jealous i can't remember that you song you never think of, of that song no it's just like uh, I that guess is one of the song catchiest there. songs in the whole movie uh, second yeah, only yeah. to you got a friend in me i mean you got a friend in me is really good but i just I that's never one of the catchiest of, songs in the whole movie i'm glad you think so Strange it wasn't for things are happening to me all right well now we all know what sauce randy do when it sounds like things <laughs> All right, well, we can, we can cut great. the fight. Uh, it's whatever. It's great. It's super catchy. It was unnecessary. You know, you always talk about... What do you mean unnecessary? It actually pushes the movie forward. No, it does what it a does. song is supposed to I, do. I don't think it does. I don't think it was necessary. I mean, <sighs> that's a big thing that you actually always harp on, and I'm actually not as much a stickler of. I think if the music is good, then if it, if it moves forward, 
the plot and what the movie's doing. Yes, obviously that's really important, but it's not like strictly necessary. Like it needs to move it this much or else. Think but of like, an- even think I'm about, like, eh, think of another know. good song inside of a Disney movie. Let's see if that if it's because it pushes the plot forward or like establishes characters or whatever like that. Okay, uh, under the sea. Under the Sea. Under the Sea is a fantastic song. I don't think it's necessary for the plot at all. All it does is serve as like a point for Ariel to run off while Sebastian is distracted. It shows that, hey, Sebastian likes living in the ocean. Great. Wonderful. Like, what else... It's trying to show you what what like awesome life it is down under the sea. Why do we need to know that? Because Ariel, like, we want to. Tr- well, we don't want, but like, they want to try to keep Ariel down there. They do, but I don't care that they do. Like, I don't understand why that's imp- like. Sebastian is like his job security is influenced by the fact that he's got to keep her down there. Like, I understand he likes. Like, it doesn't. Under the Sea is one of... Please understand me when I'm saying this. Under the Sea is arguably my favorite Disney song <laughs> of all time, period. Okay, there's only a couple that even compete with it. But I don't think it is necessary at all for the forward movement of that plot. Uh, couldn't you make an argument for the uh, Les Passants? Like, that's not necessary at all. Like, it's a, it's a side scene with this joke character so we can have some visual gags with him and Sebastian. Well, now you have to compare the weight of Les Poissons with Under the Sea. Now you're saying that those songs, like, have are exactly the same. No, I'm not saying they're exactly the same. I'm saying If you're comparing them, similar. then you are. I'm because, saying they're similar. Because there's a exactly difference between the having, like, the song song and then just having, like, a gag. Because that's all that that ends up being. It's, like, a quarter of the length of Under the Sea. Has yeah, only, that's true. Has only one singer. And it's just a cook that gets, you know, the snot kicked out of him by Sebastian by the end of it. It's just meant to be funny. Yeah. And that's fine. And, and in my opinion, Under the Sea is just meant to be super fun and awesome. They got the animation they do during that is fantastic. Like the entire feel of that song, like, man, just put that on in front of me and I will watch it. But if you're talking about moving the movie forward and moving the plot, you could absolutely do without it. I don't really get how you can make an argument that, man, when this later happened, I was so glad they advanced X and Under the Sea. Like, I really get how important it is that the sea is awesome and she's dumb. Because you can tell that the sea is awesome and she's dumb, like, without that. Well, I think without that, we wouldn't really be seeing... We'd be seeing Sebastian as, like, the pushover. Just sort of, like, going along with things. He is a pushover. And just, well, you know what? Now at least he had a song to try. That's what really matters. And, and that the, he tried. And the fluke is the Duke of Soul, right? I the needed. Fluke is the du- I, I needed to know that. that. I, I needed to know in that. In the context of the song, like in terms of entertainment, I did too. But uh, not for, not for the progression of the movie. Yeah. So, anyways, we came from here from Toy Story, and then from Tarzan. <laughs> the point. The point of that saying that. I feel, I mean, I can't verify this, maybe it's there, but that they, they utilized Phil Collins as much as they did on Tarzan because it worked for uh, for Pixar and Randy Newman in Toy Story 1, uh, in a way, I guess, you know. <laughs> you know, debatably. You know. Um, but, again, a lot of people, myself included, sort of credit Tarzan as ending the Disney renaissance. Uh, the music, just as a whole, was not as good. The movie as a whole, and this is personal, I know Dave disagrees, but just, I wasn't into the movie as much at all. And uh, I think after Tarzan, the next, like, Disney, like, movie to come after Tarzan uh, would be either Emperor's New Groove, um... I think Emperor's New Groove was the next one to come after that. Emperor's New Groove was that? This is a great movie. Sorry, I just oh, it's a great, it's an awesome movie. (laughs) Um, But here's the thing: now we have to start talking about like what what made the Disney Renaissance the Disney Renaissance? Was it just called that because um, they just had a long string of just like really good movies that they're investing a lot of money in, or was it because they were truly doing something new with art? They were do they were like really like flourishing more with the artistry of what they were doing, you know, because before it's not like they were doing terribly. No, at not all. at all. I yeah. think like uh, if we're talking about what came out right before, I think that uh, the great mouse attack was a great movie. But right. it's not, I would never really argue it was part of the Disney Renaissance at the same time. Like, there's a very clear delineation. And it's not just because everyone says that it's, you know, it starts with The Little Mermaid and that was it. Um, yeah, and like, I mean, you know, Oliver and Company was before that also. Although. I kind of had a little bit of a, like, the musical. They were working up to The Little Mermaid. It's kind of interesting to think yeah. about. Um, and, and I think, like, The Rescuers Down Under was bef- either before then or, was, like, around the same time. 
Yeah, like there's a, actually half to the Little Mermaid. That's like the black sheep of the Disney Renaissance. It's like there's Little Mermaid and all these mm. other musicals. Oh, and there's this movie about mice, I guess, <laughs> and they fly on a bird. But like in the '80s, okay, if we're talking straight up Disney movies, in the '80s we had the Great Mouse Detective. We love it, but it's not what we would consider the Renaissance. Yeah, the Black Cauldron. Nobody really cares about that nope. movie. Fox and the Hound, again, not part of the Renaissance, but it's a but it's a liked movie. It's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if we go beyond Tarzan, you know, um, you know, Fantasia 2000, whatever, um, dinosaur, dinosaur, yeah. dinosaur was there though. <laughs> that yeah. was a thing that happened. Uh, that was their first foray into trying to yeah. compete with Pixar. Even though they were Pixar, Even, I guess. I don't know. Basically. Whatever. They weren't officially, whatever. Um, Emperor's New Groove, right? Which it's worth noting in production was supposed to be. A musical that's correct and yeah. and sting was actually supposed to do the music yes that's correct and there's there's remnants of that on the uh i think on the um soundtrack of that because i'm, I'm terrible with names and you'll learn this if you continue listening i'm terrible with actors and their names but and the, everything else thank you great um the actress who played yzma was a very Bertha was very Kent. well known yes thank you thanks solomon she's really well known for her voice i hear and for singing and so they were kind of going to feature her, and then it just kind of didn't happen as the movie got rewritten and went into what they call development hell uh, (laughs) because it was originally supposed to be an actual play on the story the emperor's new clothes yeah um which it kind of still is i guess not really uh, no it's not okay fine. <laughs> um yeah it went through just a lot of production problems um and then they just they retooled the whole movie basically mm. and then we got the embers new group which is a fan freaking tastic movie yeah here's the thing though again love the movie i don't know if i consider that a disney renaissance movie mm. um i i like to consider that a little bit outside um it's not a musical for one thing um it's it takes itself a little bit less seriously than than some of the other Disney movies that came before it in the Renaissance. Um, we can say it had a more it had more of a focus on comedy, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like it didn't try to tug at your heartstrings a little bit, but it was mostly based on trying to get you to laugh, right? Yeah. Freaking Kronk and Isma was like was a, yeah, like great. the most hilarious like villain couple like ever, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, and Pacha and I, I mean like we could talk about this forever and yeah, New Groove is a great movie it's a great movie and I, I think we don't want to spend too much time on what came in between and I think you can look and you can say yeah there were some good movies that happened in this sort of interim period between what is pretty much agreed on as being the Disney Renaissance and what we want to talk about as maybe being a new Renaissance mm-hmm. um, you know Atlantis was a movie I actually liked that movie it definitely had problems but I saw a lot of potential in it and I enjoyed my time with it Lilo and Stitch is I don't know if I want to say underrated because I know how much that bothers Solomon, but it doesn't because it sort of came in that weird period where Disney was doing all kinds of weird stuff, and even its advertising campaign struck me as weird. Yeah. Where they're like, well, "Oh, dropping into all these Renaissance," yeah. like they were trying to play on the fact, "Yeah, this is still Disney Renaissance." Like, no, it's not, but it's a great movie. Uh, the stuff they touch on that movie. I mean, fantastic. I don't know if that was their intention with that, but but I but I know what you mean though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Treasure Planet, that was a movie that happened. Uh, yeah. There's a Treasure, few. Treasure Planet, I think, was was specifically to compete with uh, Titan AE. Do you remember that movie? Nope. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move. I, I mean, I watched Treasure Planet once, and it was fine. It was good. <laughs> let's uh, just move whatever. Uh, there's a few Winnie the Pooh movies in here. Brother Bear. Home on the Range. There we go. I, you know. Home on the Range was actually written by yeah. Alan Menken. The, yeah, the it music. was. Yeah. Um, Meet the Robinsons. A lot of people like that movie. It's not my thing. I, it really does surprise me how long this period was where Disney was just putting out stuff that was kind of like, yeah, all right. Disney was putting out stuff that also, like, The Wild is in here, too. You remember The Wild? Uh, that was oh, that was their direct barely. response to Madagascar. Yeah. If I recall correctly, it was, like, like unabashedly copied Madagascar. That, that's kind of all I remember about it is that it was, like, Madagascar. Um but anyway, I mean, we went all the way up to... Bolt was kind of the last one. And I never saw Bolt. I heard people say it was good, but it never, like... It never blew anyone's socks off. No one was like, Disney's back, baby, and this <laughs> dog did it. All right. Like, you know, you're not you're not seeing a whole bunch of Bolt paraphernalia or whatever floating around Disneyland. I mean, you see a bit, but you can say that for almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to December of 2009, which is when Princess and the Frog hits. And this is sort of the period that we want to focus on and sort of talk about is this when it started is did it ever happen what's going on here so so princess and the frog was a direct response to go back to traditional 2d animation 
uh, because up until then they had been doing a whole lot of 3D animation with like Bolt and Meet the Robinsons specifically right. where some recent ones right. Really did in that. fact, if I look through the list again, I don't think there was a, another 2D animated film uh, since Home on the Range. Um, if you, unless yeah, you want to count some of these in there, the wilds. Yeah. Unless you want to count some of these uh, Winnie the Pooh movies, which you shouldn't. Um, Come on, man. <laughs> tell me you've seen them. No, I haven't. That's seen what them. I thought. But the one that came in this period, I did see, and I liked the it quite Heffel, a bit. The Heffalump so. one? No, no, no. The one that came during this, I think it was just called Winnie the Pooh. Within, sorry, oh. I should specify the one that came out most recently. Oh, within this yeah. supposed that one I didn't see. I, I it's quite good. It's clever. Okay. Um, anyway, so all right, um, Princess and the Frog it comes out. It is said to be a direct callback and sort of a, even like the continuation of what made the Disney Renaissance popular. So it was, by all accounts, a princess movie. It was a 2D animated movie, uh, you know, no 3D animation, essentially. It was, again, a, a fairy tale movie from mm-hmm. a classic story that everybody knows, the, the Frog Princess, okay? Yep. Um, and it was a musical, too. They, 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 um, they harped on that a lot, that it was a musical um, done by our... Uh, <laughs> our esteemed friend, <laughs> highly esteemed, uh, Randall Newman. We don't hate him. For one thing, let me just say this: we do not hate him. It is very easy to make fun of him, but we do not hate him. Um, I have many. He has written many songs for Disney movies that I love and I treasure a lot. It is true. Like I, I have a very specific beef with Randy Newman that has to do with Toy Story Three Entangled, but I'm sure we'll talk about that <laughs> another time. Or if you know anything about that, you probably already know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, God Lord. He's, yeah. I mean, honestly, talking about just Princess and the Frog. Um, I think a lot of the songs in that, and I think you've come to disagree with me a little bit. Um, I love the style of the music in Prince and the Frog. It is fantastic. Um, but it all feels a little incomplete to me. It feels like a lot of the songs in there, um, they do something and you're like, yeah, I'm really down with what this is doing. And it feels like it's building to something. And then whatever it's building to never happens. Um, it just sort of plateaus immediately. Um, I think the the very first song in the movie is a perfect example of this. Like it's so fun and but it never crescendos. It just sort of has this very small jazz band feel, which is fine, but it never builds. It just sort of stays at that one point. And I think that's something I could say about a lot of the songs in the movie. Uh and you know, that was probably a little bit of a tangent on the music specifically because Randy Newman, but I love Princess and the Frog. I, it is to me, it holds up to the movies in the Disney Renaissance. I would hold it up to those movies personally. Um, yeah, I think um, as far as as far as this being the starting gun of the second Renaissance, I've always never had an issue with that. Um, seeing uh, after after that movie came out um and it got some good response behind it too there were lots of talks about trying to about trying to continue this streak Mm -hmm. um fun fact if you don't know this already um tangled was going to be titled rapunzel it was not going to be it was not going to start this ugly trend of disney movies that soon to come um it was going to be called rapunzel however a lot of higher-ups at disney blamed Princess of the Frog not quite performing as well as it could have in the box office because of the word princess well, took away took of, away male uh, viewers. Yeah, the lack of emphasis on the male character in the title and in the promotion. It was very much Tiana's movie, even though I, I love the character development that Naveen goes through and I love his character in general. Uh, but yeah, that was the that was sort of the perception that it was appealing primarily to females and they wanted to do something that's more gender neutral. Uh and I love Tangled, but I'm super sad that it started this trend of naming. So, <laughs> so, so let's let's talk about some of these movies that we could be. If we're gonna, we're just gonna say for all intents and purposes, Princess and the Frog started a second Disney Renaissance. And it should be noted that's sort of our opinion. I think a lot of people, uh, because Princess and the Frog didn't do as well, because they felt like it didn't appeal to this full audience they wanted to get to, and because Tangled started, it started two trends, really. One, it started this ridiculous thing of, like, the one-word names. Uh, but it also, it pioneered this animation style, which has become absolutely the go-to in pretty much all of the Disney movies Excuse since. Me, pioneered? Uh, it's 3D animation. 
It's not just, okay, but this specific style, it's not just a 3D animation. It was the style they used for it. And if you go online and you do research, you can sort of see how they really tried to blend the hand-drawn style with this 3D animation. And oh, all okay. you need to do to see that they're basically mimicking this is go watch this movie and then go watch Frozen and then go watch Big Hero 6 and tell me what the difference is between the female characters. Mm. Spoiled, there's almost none. Yeah. Uh, and so that that's kind of what I mean. All these movies since Tangled have been box office hits. They've been pretty much universally loved. Not The Princess and the Frog wasn't, but it wasn't as financially successful. And you have the fact that it started this naming trend. And you have the fact that it pioneered this specific animation style. Not just 3D, but like how they were basically going to design characters in almost every movie from this point forward. I mean, even Moana, she's not that much different. Uh, <laughs> she has a little bit different facial structure, but mm -hmm. the eyes are exactly the same, mm -hmm. and etc., etc. So if we list uh, some of these movies that we're going to go ahead and lump into the second Disney renaissance, again, just based on entirely on our opinion, um, because at this point, Disney is... Um, Disney owns everything, and they bankroll a lot of things, <laughs> including Studio Ghibli. Um, so, like, you Is know, it's Ghibli. It's Ghibli. Whatever. Which, by the way, I love those movies too. Yeah, who doesn't? Um, <laughs> but uh, they bankroll them too for their American releases. So they are usually included in the list of here, but obviously not really included in a, and in, you know, the what Disney we're considering Renaissance. here. Yeah, uh, the Winnie the Pooh movie is in here too, but that that probably never meant to compete with like the level of these movies, anyways. It's very short too, which is interesting. But anyway, um, uh, Wreck It Ralph mm -hmm. um, was the next major one to come out of this. Yeah, uh, Frozen was the next was the next major one after that. Mm -hmm. Big Hero Six. Um, Zootopia and then Moana. Mm -hmm. That's what we have. Okay. Yep. So um, Dave and I have some very polarizing views actually when it comes to these strictly Disney releases. Not Pixar releases, but strictly Disney releases. Um, now, what I'm wondering though is because we have these polarizing views on these movies, right? Mm -hmm. um, we don't really have these polarizing views on the movies of the, of the first Disney Renaissance. Now, that could be for a number of reasons. Uh, nostalgia blinders. Or it could also be um, because we were little kids at the time, and so and so we we sort of see them with, with uh, you know higher goggles. Um, or uh, three, they are just that untouchable. Well, okay. When I think of the Disney Renaissance, I think there are some movies in there that are very touchable. They are not in the realm of untouchable. If you're talking about untouchable movies in the Disney Renaissance, like. As far as I am, like, if you guys don't hate me now, you're, you're going to hate me now. Uh, as far as the untouchable movies of the Disney Renaissance, where I was like, that movie was excellent, and you just can't argue with how great it was. I've basically only got three, and they are Aladdin, The Lion King, and Mulan. Those are the three that are untouchable. If you want to criticize the other movies... I am there. Like, I will see, and I don't... Please understand, I'm not saying that they're not fantastic. And there are movies in there that we all agree are kind of like, meh. As much as we disagree on Tarzan, hey, guess what? That's considered in this list, and no one's saying that's untouchable. Hey, guess what? Pocahontas is in this list. Music's untouchable. Movie is definitely touchable. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. You can say everything you want about the music. I think of it more highly as a movie than Saul does. It didn't do that great at the box office. Rescuer Down Unders is in that list. As much as you may want to ignore it, yeah, it's in there. So it's not like the Disney Renaissance was completely infallible. And even if you even if you want to say, you know, uh, Big Hero 6 and Wreck-It Ralph were really like a weird departure from the Princess movies. They weren't even musicals at all. Like, that's kind of weird, too, the fact that we can lump them in here. And they are so very different in everything except for animation style. Although I think Wreck-It Ralph had a... Out of all these movies, it had the most differing animation style uh, from that sort of Tangled-centric thing. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you want to argue, you know, oh, these aren't that great or whatever, like, okay, fine. There were movies that weren't, quote-unquote, that great in the Disney Renaissance to begin with. Uh, so... So then why did we call it... Why is it called the Disney Renaissance, then? Is it called the Disney Renaissance because it really took... It took that departure? Yeah. I you think know. so. Like, what other what other movies or like what other um, studios were doing this kind of thing with the music? The music is like one hundred percent what sets those movies apart. Because again, uh, and the animation, the animation too was just on such a high level, it was on such a high plan. And you can look at the, I think you can look at the movies in the quote unquote new Disney Renaissance and say, yeah, this animation is spectacular. We we could go on for hours about how blown away we were with Tangled. 
the animation in that. It is so gorgeous. Like I could. It still stands up today. It's it, it absolutely does, and you can say that about the Disney Renaissance movies. Like, yeah, it's it's a very different style from what we've become used to for pretty much the entirety of this generation of animated films. Like, man, has anything come out that's two D like Princess and the Frog since it? Like, I can't think of anything. Uh, not from a major studio, I don't think. Yeah, but like that animation, like you're not gonna look at that and be like, no, wasn't that in three D? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you know, so that all holds up so i think it was they're greater than the sum of their parts but the animations uh, and you know even those movies that weren't that great is anyone going to come and tell you that pocahontas isn't beautiful you can criticize the color palette and say that it's a little bit washed out but like the animation's good the colors are still good that's not why, like, you, that's not why you don't like that's not why you don't like pocahontas is the color palette no, I'm just saying you could criticize it. Okay. It's not like it's not perfect. Again, because if but that's what it was, great. then we're gonna have to fisticuffs no, right no, no, here. No, 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 no. I, I think Pocahontas is a lot more. Not because I think the color palette is good, but it's like you're gonna take down the movie just because you didn't like the no, colors. I, <laughs> I'm just giving that as an example. You know, it's not perfection, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think, yeah, that was kind of it, and the reason that. I think people blame Tarzan for taking it out because I still think Tarzan is a good movie. I think it could fit in the middle of the Disney Renaissance and be like, yeah, it's a Disney Renaissance movie. Like, it's good enough. The reason that it sort of takes things out of it is because of how much it changed, really, the musical style. But even the animation, I remember when it was coming up to it, like the way they did the animation. The animation is still good, but the way they did it was like drastically different from basically everything they'd done before with the exception of like a few scenes in Mulan or something like using more computer and specifically I think the scenes where he was like surfing the trees or whatever was doing (laughs) some very different stuff animation wise but so you pretty much touched on this also but what I think makes a movie you know worthy to be like in the renaissance I guess or like what made those movies in the renaissance so different is when you take the formula that was set by those movies mm-hmm. and another studio does them, Prince of Egypt. Okay. Prince of Egypt has pretty much all of the yeah. highlights of any good Disney Renaissance movie. Yeah. And there's a, there's a beautiful balance of the visual and the storytelling and the music. Yep. All three, really all three of them are completely connected. It's not one without the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can use other examples that didn't do as well, like uh, Road to El Dorado. And and it, even going back to Tarzan, I mean, okay, it's really going to seem like we're going to bash on Tarzan here. Oh, you are. I mean, I'm just saying it changed. I don't that. hate it that much. Yeah. I really don't. Okay. But... Um, uh, but then let's move over to the to what we're calling the second Disney Renaissance. Okay, mm-hmm. Tangled um, had beautiful visuals, had good storytelling, had great characters, mm-hmm. had great acting, had good songs in it too. That that also were relevant songs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Had horrible lyrics, but that's not that's not really what we're talking. They about They were here. subpar. I disagree. Horrible. They were not great. Oh boy. So <laughs> such a no, we're not going to get into this right now. I know. We're not going to get into this right I know, now. I know, I know, I know. So, um, <laughs> so Tangled had all of that, okay? So yet we're still able to lump in Wreck It Ralph and Big Hero Six in a so-called second Disney Renaissance. Now, a Renaissance doesn't have to. I mean, like you know, now we're sort of you know deviating we're what like a little bit what an actual Renaissance is, or like what the Renaissance period from the 1500s and to the 1600s was in the in the in Europe. Should that be our next podcast: the historical relevance of the Renaissance. If you it's can appropriate. do. You can do that. I'm just saying, if we're going to throw around this word a whole lot, we may as well be using it properly. You know what I mean? Well, in the context of the Disney Renaissance, like we understand what it means in that context. I feel like even if we don't understand what the Renaissance. So then are you completely comfortable lumping in Wreck-It Ralph as the second Disney Renaissance or part of it? As part of it? Yeah. You know I love that movie. Uh, So I I am completely fine lumping it in there because I think that it is a good enough movie on its own merit um, to belong in. And you know... I I guess I'm kind of going to contradict myself a little bit. It wasn't just the fact that these movies all had the music and the you know the artistry it's like even if you pick out the worst movie in the disney renaissance um okay the second worst movie which i would say is probably pocahontas considering rescuers down under quote unquote the worst movie like what 
I, I, this, <laughs> no, I just didn't think we were lumping in that movie in there. I mean, it's in there. It's in that time period. And every time you look at a list of Disney Renaissance, it's in there, like, sticking out like a sore thumb with the tiny amount of money it made. Well, then we have to lump in the Tigger movie and, and Winnie the Pooh. and Well, the Tigger movie is was way older. But if you're talking Winnie the Pooh, yeah. We we're we're going to lump there. that in there? I Again, I saw it, and I really liked it. So mm. I, I don't see a problem. The quality of the movies is... Yeah, is there. If Disney made The Little Mermaid and was like, wow, look at this great new format they made, and then they released five Road to El Dorados, <laughs> like, no one would be talking. And I know a lot of you out there probably love Road to El Dorado, but we don't. What's wrong That's wrong with our- you? <laughs> but, you know, if they released five subpar musical films, like, no one was going to remember it as this, like, game-changing visionary period of, you know, movie-making from them. I think a huge strength of the current period of Disney movies is that, you know, at the basis level, you want to go out and see all these movies. They make a movie and you have an expectation. This is going to be good. I want to go see it. See, I'm just wondering, though, if just because we like the movies or just because the movies make a really big positive impact on us from watching it, is that calling it a Disney renaissance? You know what I mean? Like, you know... uh, I'd like to think that the Renaissance, the first Renaissance was started because they were doing something different and they were doing something on a much higher level than everybody else. You could still say that they're doing things on a, on a higher level than anybody else, but are they, but are they really doing something different now? You know, it's 2017. They have since released um, Zootopia, which was a big sort of allegory on like race relations and just discrimination in general. Which turned out to be very relevant then and now. How about uh, that? How about that? Uh, oh, let's stop. Just, let's stop right no, there. No, I It's just like, um, it was really interesting because I don't think a lot of people thought. I think, I think I kind of went in thinking this that it was going to be. Uh, it was very specifically aimed at that, given the time period it's released in. But given the stuff we know about the movie, it seems like it was just like they're just like, yeah, this is just the story we're going to tell. And then it turned out like, whoops, open <laughs> again. Uh, but um, anyway, that's a uh, Wreck It Ralph. Um, what did things very differently? It included a lot of video game elements. Did not have a romance, you know, as a yeah. ma- as the main focus, which was great, by the way. Um, Frozen also. Now, okay, so. <laughs> It's very popular nowadays to have a strong opinion on Frozen one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is almost expected that you will have a strong opinion on it. And it turns out we do. Now, if you've been listening to us thus far, you can probably predict what our feelings are going to be about it. Because otherwise we would have just raved about it like we did with everything else. And we wouldn't have to be prefacing this with, please donate us. That we really very distinctly do not like Frozen. Nope. It is pretty whatever um but again this is another topic for another time uh suffice it to say that hating on frozen is an old meme and we're not really going to focus on that so much anymore um that is to say though that frozen did do things different from the norm okay we don't believe that they actually like paved the way or like you know broke new trail like everybody else said that they did but they did do things differently um than you know say tangled or princess and the frog so and big hero six also big hero six is also a little bit not a little bit is definitely a departure you know it's a it's a superhero movie to some extent i mean, I mean it has, that is that is a marvel property isn't it it I is that it whole, is yeah it's, it's although based they on marvel they took it and they twisted it a whole lot though. oh yeah um, because but, they're not trying to make it part of the mcu or whatever right but it is yeah part of the marvel property so basically we have a long string of movies here that don't follow like the same conventions that each of the the first Disney Renaissance movies did. Um, Moana, like Moana is the most recent Disney movie out, but before then was Zootopia. So that was still like a break in the chain. Um, they're definitely peppering in. Um, they're trying to pepper in these sort of these, I don't want to say standard animated movies, but non-musical animated movies um, sort of in between. Because if you think about it, we've only had like what, four of like the typical princess musicals in this time period. Uh, and that's a pretty long time period. It's like 2009. That's like princess eight years. tangled frozen in Moana. Yeah. Yeah. And like everything, I think we've had just about as many non-musical movies, Zootopia, uh, wreck it, Ralph, I guess Winnie the Pooh, if you kind of count that. So not as many, I guess. No. Um, big hero six. So what? Three out of seven. Yeah, I is guess. that right? Am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. Um, so again, the prevailing question is, does this qualify as a second renaissance? 
I I tend to say no. Uh, some people are really, you know, because Disney has had a long string of really successful movies here. After that, a string of really mediocre movies. I think yes. that's a big part of it, too, is yes. that we all grew up with Disney being such a huge part of our lives. Really, every generation has sort of had this period where it was like, Disney is the greatest. Like, if you go back to, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like, if you go back to Snow White and, like, Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, like, that was... Disney and that was that generation being like, wow, Disney is completely like revolutionizing things. And then you kind of had these movies in between that where it was kind of like, you know, there's some movies in there that we love, like The Jungle Book and like I love mm. Robin Hood, but I don't think like Robin Hood is going to be like on anybody's like, yeah, man, that really revolutionized. Like they reused a lot uh. of assets from Jungle Book, for example. And then there's a sort of stretch and then like Disney like hit like a truck again, like Little Mermaid, <laughs> uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Like it was like, oh gosh, this is amazing. And you just kind of assumed that Disney would be great forever again. And then they kind of weren't for a long time. And so now we're in a period where Disney is once again must-see films. Like, if they came out with an animated movie, you're like, even if it doesn't look like it interests you, you, you kind of know it's going to be good. So we are definitely... If you want to differentiate the Disney renaissance from any other period in Disney history, I think you're right. Like, I don't think that this period is as influential or however you want to say as that period but it it deserves its own name right i don't think we should call it the second second disney renaissance because that sort of invokes something that i think you can make a very good argument that it's that's not accurate but this is a really good period of disney movies mm -hmm. like it is a great like yeah in, in this whole list of movies the other the only one that i would say i could have passed on uh, was frozen and you know I mean, we're gonna get people disagreeing with us but that's like the low point of this period for me and mm -hmm. when that movie even then i wouldn't say you know if, if it came in the middle and it got as little attention as pocahontas or whatever did i'd be like yeah whatever like it's fine it doesn't like oh we had like a mediocre disney movie is their run of greatness over it's like no it's fine but it wouldn't have killed that for me so when that's like your low point in a period it it deserves some recognition it deserves some respect are you watching Frozen over Tangled? I'm sorry. Are you watching Frozen How over Tarzan? How dare you ask me that? How <laughs> dare you ever ask me that, sir? I oh my gosh! No, I am never ever ever watching Frozen over Tangled. Like there would have to be some serious threats. On okay, but am I watching Frozen over Tarzan? Yes. Nope. No. I'm watching Tarzan over Frozen. Okay. See. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time answering that question. Really? Wow. Yeah. I didn't know. God. See, I guess this is also tangential, but whenever I'm thinking of Tarzan, the first thing I'm thinking of is Rosie O'Donnell's stupid voice in that monkey. <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking of first. And so that's not very fair of me. Because I, when I think of Frozen first, I'm thinking of... Uh, actually uh, kind of a lot of different things um i might not enjoy all those things but i'm thinking of more things than just somebody's stupid voice inside of a stupid character you know i'm thinking <laughs> i'm thinking of maybe like the visuals because there are some really awesome visuals in frozen yeah and the music is still good like we might not like it as much as everybody really that's okay. This we kind have of, to discuss that uh, in more length because that's interesting. This has gone no, no, no. It's kind of the the idea that you were talking about before. That one of the reasons why we hate, <laughs> why we like to <laughs> oh, hate on, is, we hate why we like to hate on Frozen so much is because it's so popular. Yeah, you can you can, you can call that contrarian all day, and you're probably right, but it's it it makes us more. Yeah, like like I said, if this movie got a Pocahontas like reception. We we probably would not say we hate it as right. much. Like, you know, uh, one of my big issues is that I feel like it, and this is somewhat irrational, uh, but I feel like it steals a little bit of the limelight from other movies like Tangled, which I think is, or even Princess and the Frog. I think even, even Moana, even after oh, the yeah. fact. Yeah, Moana is so good. It like, is. It's really great. Moana is really good. You're the yeah. one who you're the one who told me to watch it. Yep. So so that's awesome. Yep. I'm still actually kind of still watching. It. I you though you watch it so much. I really. I mean, I had that phase two when i had to take that flight out to detroit and it was like on the like list i was like uh -huh. i don't know what i want i didn't i was not expecting having this luxury at all mm -hmm. let's just watch moana like <laughs> what the heck why not i mean have we come to any conclusion here or are we just kind of like uh, you know what i, think, I think i've heard people try to like come up with a new name for this era i can't remember off the top of my head it definitely has not stuck 
Like I, I'm not no. hearing it in the common. But at the same time, it wouldn't be accurate to call this a second Renaissance either. No, it wouldn't be accurate at all. Um, I think but I you, would never, I would never like fight with someone who's like, "We're in a second Disney Renaissance." Like, I don't I, know if I'd stop somebody. I'd be like, "Yeah, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, such a troll. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it like that. I'd be like, "Yeah, maybe." Sure. <laughs> Because you know me, I don't. I'm not too much a fan of all the movies that have come out in this proposed time period. Yeah, you're either. less of a fan of me. I guess we should say that. I mean, we didn't really get into it all, but you're less of a fan of. Wreck-It I am Ralph. way less of a fan of Wreck It Ralph. You're, you're I am, less of a fan than Tangled. I am. I am less of a fan. But you're still a big fan. Yes, I'm not. I'm not as less of a fan as Tangled as I am of Wreck It Ralph. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I am less of a fan of Big Hero Six than you are. Yeah, um, not by a ton. But yeah, exactly, not by a ton. I am less of a fan of Zootopia than you are. Also, Again, not by a ton. Yeah. Not by a whole ton, yeah, either. So, like, there's no movies in here that I hate, Frozen, that uh, (laughs) I hate really that much. Um, The movies that I say that would really excel in this area was Princess, Tangled, and Moana. Yep. And we didn't talk about Moana at all, kind of because it's still on the tail end, but... Well, I mean, we both... not a whole lot to say. Right, we both completely agree. Yeah, yeah, it followed in exactly the same format as Tangled and Prince and the Frog, and it was just about as good. It just did it well. It didn't have to shove it down your throat that this was, like, an independent female who, like, doesn't, like, fall in love. It did it really tastefully. And that was another... If you want to talk about doing things different, they are doing it different. And I think one big thing, a reason that Frozen got so much love uh, was because people really perceived that they were trying to do this different thing and they kind of in my opinion they kind of try to shove it down your throat a little bit hard where they're like oh you can't marry someone you just met <laughs> and it's like yeah okay that's obvious that's what you're trying to do but just do it don't make this huge big deal about it. like oh because we're disney like it's such a big deal that we're doing this like okay it is but you don't have to like shove it in my face every two seconds right. and Moana does that right. right. And to its credit, Frozen tried to do that. And it was doing something different from, if not everybody else, at the very least different from Disney's own history. Mm-hmm. So, and that's something I think they've tried to do throughout. You know, Princess and the Frog. It was very focused on the female. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tangled. It had the romance. So it was very focused on that. But I would still argue that Rapunzel is a much stronger and more independent character than a lot of the female characters you had in the Disney Renaissance. Mm. So you could very easily single that out as where the other movies did it with specifically with music and animation. While this era also does that it's not innovating it because it you know they did that before mm-hmm. but it's new thing is how they're treating female characters and how they're doing storytelling and things like that so seems to be that way because even in big hero six they were like making the 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 female characters you know a little more like you know independent like kind of more on the stronger side and yeah, I mean, even more like all... on the mentory side yeah or uh-huh. even um even Rick ralph was not really romance focused except for the you know jokey side no. characters but you know i liked vanelpi a lot and sort of her finding her place and everything was another example of like yeah this character isn't reliant on the male to like do the thing like you know mm. so and i think that that also comes out in um oh zootopia oh zootopia. judy hops uh, she's yeah. female yep right. Um, and Nick Fury, or Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Oh, Nick Wilde. Excuse me. It actually might as well be Nick Fury. I wonder if they were talking about that. It's like Nick Fury. Uh, no, that's uh, like no. Wild. Uh, it's like animals too. Oh, we're really might as well slap an eye patch on there. Like just <laughs> Anyways, there's no, there's no romance there. Judy Hopps is is pretty motivated like from the get go, and she is the central character, and she's the central Very character much. too. So th- I mean, yeah, there is definitely that that trend going on for sure. So I guess you can say that that is them trying to innovate from what they were before because female characters were different and maybe motivated for stupid. <laughs> well, like Little Mermaid, some of them were, yeah. Little Mermaid, I think we can watch now as adults and just want to give Ariel a slap across the face. Yeah, like. Uh, Belle was not like that, really. Um, you know, they painted her as a different girl, you know, because she wasn't a bimbo and going after Gaston, and she was she was yeah. more she was more like you know she she was imaginative. She read books a lot, and that was kind of again and 
this is I'm not gonna get into this because we are running on time already but this is why I might argue that like Beauty and the Beast isn't super untouchable to me because like Belle never stood out to me it's like what's the difference uh, she likes books and other people don't like they had to bring in these other characters like yeah she likes books how and like they had to specifically be like oh Gaston doesn't like books and these three bimbos are chasing after Gaston don't like books or whatever <laughs> and it's just like okay like she likes books like I mean that's really scratching the surface okay that's fair but we're not gonna get into that no now, we're I guess. Out of time now. Yeah. So essentially, if we're going to wrap up this whole thing, you know, if we were, you know, to be asked, you know, are we in a second Disney renaissance? I think, you know, th- that can't be answered yes or no. I think we'd have to say, like, we're definitely in an era of Disney movies that are good again, that yeah. are, like, consistently good again. If you called this, like, a golden era, I wouldn't disagree with you. I guess, yeah. yeah. Not the golden era, not, yeah, like, the because that's only... also, like, a meaningful term in Disney lore, isn't it? I actually don't remember off the top of my head. If there's, like, a golden era that everyone's like, this is it. I don't um, think so. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is the high water, this is a high water mark. Yeah, um, I'd say so. Yeah. So basically, we have the Disney Renaissance. There it is. You know, there it, it, is. It, it literally, it, you know, it changed the game for Disney movies basically to come after it. I think every Disney movie from now on is going to have some sort of influence to that. It's kind of, I mean, and, you know, the Disney Renaissance itself had, you know, multiple influences upon, like, from snow white era you know those those princess movies and whatnot mm-hmm. too and so this and this new era that we're talking about is just building upon the renaissance which is building upon og you know disney movies yeah. and so i guess that's a natural progression you know they are trying to go away from just doing standard stories which you know print and tangled was like the first deviation of doing standard stories anyways even even not just withstanding the name you know what i mean like yeah, yeah t- princess and the frog like you said, it could be probably lumped in with the original Disney Renaissance, and you wouldn't really think of it differently. Uh, Tangled, not even just saying that it's two, that it's 3D animation, could not be. There's difference to there. Hmm. I don't think it could. Okay. Um, Frozen could not. You know, Big Hero 6 could not. No, Big Hero 6 and Wrecker Ralph definitely could not. Like, they'd... Yeah. So, so we are definitely in a different era. It's just probably not, you know, and, and it's kind of hard to say that though, because saying it's not the second Disney Renaissance might on the surface level, make it seem like it's not quite as good as it, as, as the original Disney Renaissance. It's just different. It's just different. It just needs its own name. Mm -hmm. So somebody, somebody out there, we can name it right now. We're not going to name it right now. You could try. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, we're not that clever. You could, you could try. <laughs> no, no, no. I'd, I'd love stay. to. Hear, I'd love to hear some sort of. I yarn. would too, but it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, upcoming up in uh, in Disney's future, we do have um, the next Wreck It Ralph. Okay, which, which I'm excited. Well, I guess we could kind of. I loved Wreck It Ralph, uh, and I hope this one's really good. Well, if we're talking, I'm hesitant about sequels in general to movies that I consider really good. So if we're talking about a, if we're well. talking about departures, Wreck It Ralph Two is going to be a quite a bit of one. Um, I haven't really paid attention much to what the story is going to be. It's going to be quite different. It's going to be very meta. Great. It, it's going to involve right. a lot of smartphone technology oh. and. Fi- now, I don't like that in my video games. I don't want it in my video games. <laughs> All the cool kid things, you know, <laughs> dabbing. We're old. Um, after that is going to come the Frozen sequel, Frozen Two. This time it's Electric not Frozen Boogaloo. One. <laughs> and um, and then after that will be the uh, Disney's take on Jack and the Beanstalk, titled Jacked. No. Oh. Gigantic. <laughs> I like mine better. Actually, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> it would be great. So that's what's coming in Disney's future. You know, sequels notwithstanding, it does seem like it, they're still trying to be a little bit different. I am curious to see how gigantic <laughs> is going to fare, um, because it, uh, presumably we're going to go back to a male lead. Is it going to be a musical? Have they said that? I don't know if that much has been uh, has been revealed yet. Interesting. Okay. Um, so that's what's coming in for the future. In the end, though, Dave and I are still pretty diehard Disney fans. I mean, we're going to see... We're going to... Uh, you know, Disney has our money. Not like they need it, but um, <laughs> they pretty much have, like, a season ticket from us. Like, anytime they're going to release a new movie. I mean, we might not see that. literally have a season ticket from you. Disneyland. Well, that's Disney. Okay. Okay. Thanks. No problem. We... <laughs> 
<laughs> we, I like to add value. We're gonna be we're, we're gonna be seeing all the new Disney movies as they come out, anyways. And so, um, you know, if we're still podcasting by that time, if we haven't just completely lost all faith and and whatever all sanity and yeah. all sanity, then you know we'll be, be we'll be able to get these um, in a review format probably for any and all listener singular. Oh boy, we'll be relevant. There you go. It'll be a new it'll be a new feeling. These hashtags will actually mean something. <laughs> I'm not hashtag. Yeah, you can find us on our non-existent Twitters or whatever <laughs> hashtag is all day long. All right. Well, um, that about wraps up uh, this topic right here today. Uh, we have been talking about the Disney Renaissance in all of its exhaustion. Um, Disney is going to be a constant... Um, uh, trove of topics for us in the future uh, as we've sort of um, kind of scratched the surface on some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about um, including uh, Frozen, including uh, some of the other um, Disney movies that we're not so fond about or some of the movies that we are very polarized about so we have plenty more topics to come from here um, until then um, I've been Solomon Starsheep 4 and I've been Dave Gamer Dave and we're going to catch you guys on the next episode Take care.